Hi, I'm Aaron and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, where we explore, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I'll be interviewing the best artists in the game while also taking some time to appreciate some new and classic albums. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming news and guests. Also, don't forget to check out my new Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle that will give you exclusive content and help me keep the show running and getting better. All right, let's get into it. All right, there we go. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm with a fantastic artist. I've been excited about this guest for a little while now. Uh, NPR, Richie Rich. Uh, you're making absolute waves in hip hop, and I've been listening to your uh, album, the album that dropped in 2018. I think it was remind me what it was called. I'm horrible with names, but it was like uh, mail something with mailbox. Like I've just been literally having it in the background. The mailman. Um, it is absolutely fire. I don't know how you chose all those beats because those beats are unreal. But I absolutely love having you on the show. But I appreciate you coming through, man. Definitely, definitely. I think that was the mailman takeoff, uh, 2018. We went crazy on there. Yeah. I had a lot of features from uh, Atlanta, a lot of the other artists that's independent that was working. I tapped in with a lot of them and we got busy. Well, I mean, how did you develop your ear for the sound? Because it felt like, you know, that album was like sonically, because I've said before, like my big critique on some, you know, trappy artists is they don't, choose interesting beats they're using the same beats that everybody else has but you chose really interesting beats you've got really interesting instrumentals like so how did you work on that of like all right this is what i want for the vision of the album yeah it kind of came together pretty organically because i also what i like to do when i'm doing features with people i like to work on my craft when i'm doing a feature right so I kind of let them kind of go in a certain area and, and and when we're picking the beats, it's like, okay, what y'all kind of like? Cause I'm, I always feel like I'm gonna jump on whatever and kill it. That's just because that's how I feel about my music. So I'm like, y'all kind of pick which angle y'all want to go in. Cause I want y'all to be as comfortable as possible so that it comes out how we want it to come out because I'm very versatile. I can pretty much jump and get on anything and make it sound good because it's my thought process that brings it together at the end of the day. So that's kind of how it came together. Each individual and different people that was on there, uh, they kind of put their thought to what they thought as well. And I kind of meshed it in and was like, okay, y'all got two or three beats to choose from and we'll go from there and we pick which one was the best one. And that's just how it came about. Well, how is it working with other artists? Like, do you do you find that, like, you prefer being by yourself? Or, like, how do you find working with somebody else? Because I'm sure, like, you're. I can see already, like, even when I look at you, like, you're extremely creative and you're strong in what you want to do. But how do you find having to compromise with others and being like, okay, this is your vision, this is my vision, how do we make it work? Um, When it comes to that, I like working with other artists. Um. A lot of the times when you're working with other independents, you're trying to find like the equilibrium of where they kind of, what they see and what they're trying to 
make happen or accomplish within their career. Um, a lot of the times the guys or the girls that are doing it, they don't have like a whole system around them, you know? So a lot of times I'm trying to tell them as well, like, hey, educate yourself, think about this, move like this, because the people only respect the business. Get however you want to put it, the music is a part of it, but it's the smallest part of it. The business is what's really controlling how it's being done, only because that's how people are going to hear you. That's how you're going to get the right photographers, the right videographers, the right engineers, the right producers, because of the business. And as long as you stick to the business aspect, I can pretty much work with anybody. And that be the main thing. It's like, I keep it 100 with them and tell them like, yo, it's no reason to even get in this room with me or get in the booth with me if we're not going to keep it business and it's not going to make sense because nothing sells itself. I don't care how good the music is. If you're not promoting and marketing and putting it out there for people to hear it, it doesn't matter because no one's hearing it. Just because my mom or my cousin or my brother or my dad or their friend hears it, that's not what I do music for. I do it for the world to hear it. So I'm always big on like sticking to the mentality of keeping the business up front so that everybody knows like if we're going to do this, we're going to do this for real. We're not just going to do it in this song sits somewhere and nobody never heard of it. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. So when did you realize that it was about the business, not about necessarily the music? Like the music helps, like let's not get it twisted. Like we're not saying the music doesn't help, but when did you realize that the business was essentially the fundamental part of being successful? Um, Probably after my first mixtape in about 2014, 2015 area, uh, I started to realize that when I jumped in it, there was a lot of people doing music, but I would notice levels and it's levels to independence, level to A-list, it's level to B-list, it's level to C-list. And I would notice what made someone stick out more, what made someone be heard more. And that's when I started realizing like, Oh, it's the business. A lot of the independent artists doesn't understand that it's the business because there's no one educating them or coaching them to do that. And I'm going to be honest for myself. I was on YouTube all the time looking for what can take or what situation can get an artist signed. In the beginning, that's all that I thought that I wanted. I was like, yo, I want to get signed because I wanted someone to support me and what I believed in. So I was like, that's the only way. And then once I started learning the business about a year in, year and a half, it was like, I could probably do this independently. And as long as I know the same thing that the labels know or close to what they know, and the more you keep educating yourself, the closer you get to exactly what they're doing, then you start understanding like, oh, it's just particularly a business at the end of the day a lot of the guys aren't that successful they aren't doing it because they're just great at what they do uh when it comes to singing or rapping or harmonizing or whatever it is it's because of the business behind them and how they're promoting their marketing and pushing it out to the world because the same way we listen to the radio or anything else 
and we hear that song 30 times in one day, if it was garbage or not, it's 30 times in one day, you gonna know that song, you know what I'm saying? So that would kind of make me understand like, nah, it's just, it's just all business at the end of the day. So by the business side, do you mean like the actual promotion? Like, like, you know, social media, getting your track out in front of people, because there's also other side of business, which is like signing contracts. There's like, you know, signing deals. There's like distribution companies. There's like so many levels to the music industry that really, I mean, even, you know, I talk to people and I'm surprised I've spoken to songwriters and their deals are completely different. So like, it is a really complicated industry that I feel like there's not that much, you know, visibility on how it really works. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It, it's the business overall. It's the signing of contracts or the NDAs or whatever part that you're needing to succeed and gain another level. I'm talking about all of that. There's nothing that I'm not talking about when I say business. I'm talking about knowing how to deal with your engineers, knowing how to deal with your producers, knowing how to deal with your distributors, knowing how to even, a lot of guys don't even know how to use independent platforms like TuneCore, like CD Baby, like uh, uh, United Masters or any of these, like that's like lower level. You still do a lot on your own type of situations to even get to the next levels of, of the things like an empire and things of that nature where you, signing with not necessarily a major but it's more than just independent it's something behind you that has a distributor that is pushing out further to the community than what a tune core would do because they have a few more platforms that they can put your music on and a few more outlets and even playlists selections and all of that type of stuff and then you get to the next level which is actually having a real deal with a label and that's a whole nother ball game so yeah, I'm talking about all the business, no matter small, all the way to the big, you got to educate yourself on it or otherwise you will be just doing something, not understanding why it's not working. Well, do you feel like that's why people sign big label deals or label deals in general? Because they don't have the, they don't want to put in the effort to learn it all because it's overwhelming and you deal with a lot of people who are well-versed in it. Like you're dealing with people in the industry for 10, 20 years who they've been dealing with these situations time and time again. And then when you're trying to find your way, they're like, you know, you get overwhelmed by the fact that, you know, it is complex. But do you feel like that's why people look for deals? They go, you know what? It is easier if I sign to a label because then they'll do it all for me. I just got to make sure the music is good. Yeah, that's exactly why I think people sign deals because they don't want to deal with the whole education part or the whole learning phase or the whole business aspect of what it takes to be a recording artist. You know what I'm saying? So it's like their mindset is how it was when I first jumped into music. It was like, yo, I just want to get a deal. I feel like I got the capability of putting out good music. And when you're not trying to educate yourself on that level, it does make sense. I don't, I, I tell a lot of people being independent is not for everybody because it's really not. I know a lot of guys that they just, I, they could be around me all day and us being independent is two different worlds. 
because they won't sit down and take the time to learn certain things and take the time to understand certain aspects of the game that you gotta know if you're gonna be independent. So to them, it's a lot easier to go ahead and take a deal. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot, it's just like if we use cars, for example, it's a lot easier to drive an automatic car than it is to drive a stick shift. Do they both go the same distance, the same speed? They all of those things still work the same, but it's did you want to educate yourself to learn how to manually drive so that you're saying, I can jump in any car, or are you just going to be limited to saying, I got to get in this and it's got to drive this way, automatic drive? You know, you don't have to think about a lot of stuff. And I think that's what the game is set up the same way. It's like a lot of people don't like to think. If you're not a big thinker or you don't want to control the narrative, then, hey, sign a deal and they'll make it easy. But do you want the end result of what was easy? And a lot of times you hear all of the, oh, my deal was bad. All oh, this was bad. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. Well, why didn't you know? You had the same 24 hours to figure out what it was you were signing, what it was you were getting into, how the money was going, how you were going to spend the money. They're not thinking about nothing. And then when it's too late, now everybody got their thinking cap on. But it's like, look, you didn't already took a bad situation and got yourself in a bad situation because you didn't do the one thing that I do is research, educate myself, put the time in. You know, everybody wanted so quick. We in this popcorn era is like, oh, I got to get, I got to get right so quick and I, I got to be a superstar and I got to be, but you don't understand what comes with being a superstar. You don't understand the pressure. You don't understand the money it takes. You don't understand none of the aspects of it. And then you get two, three years into your deal and you realizing like, oh, what am I supposed to do? Now your money ain't right. Now your music, you realizing that it ain't just your music. You realizing it's the business. You realizing that the people necessarily weren't just for you because they had their eyes on prize of the situation, which is their label or their situation to keep it going. The artists change up every year, every other year or whatever. You know what I'm saying? That particular label is choosing to do with the artist because they're realizing that the artist starts wanting to get educated after the fact and then they're all discombobulated because they're like this doesn't make any sense but it didn't make sense the day you signed if it didn't make sense two years from now you know what i'm saying but they don't want to they don't want to educate themselves man that's what i think the major thing is and lawyer up like seriously get a lawyer like i like i know right so i did a law degree I know that I wouldn't be able to read a contract. I wouldn't understand it. That's what you get a lawyer for. Like that's part of it. Like get a good lawyer to make sure that you don't sign a shitty deal. Don't just go in there and go, yeah, yeah. Use the gold pen and then sign it. And then of course it's going to be a shitty deal because they, it's like a show. They're playing you. They're they're showing you like they're, they're selling. That's what they're doing. They're selling you as the artist. They're like, let me get you off market. Let's put you on my books. So that you know, mm-hmm. I control your music, and then that's why you see people die and they get shelled. Their careers go nowhere for five years, and everyone's like, "What happened?" And it's because the label owns your music, and you signed a shit deal. Yeah, and they 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 may have signed you 
for something different than what you thought you got signed for. You know, some people are getting signed to stop them from taking a market that they may have an artist in that market already. And they're thinking you're direct competition. So they may be signing you to be a writer for this person or to not let you take their shine. It, it's many, so many different things of why this stuff is happening that everybody's just not educating themselves. And like you said, they don't want to get a lawyer. And even if you don't want to get a lawyer, you don't even want to bring somebody that understands simple words to them. They're simple. But to you as the one coming in and don't understand it, it's, you know, like I know it, the terminology is crazy, but it's simple to the people who understand it because they are educated in that terminology or they wouldn't be putting it on the paper themselves. But if they're going to put it on the paper, that means they're educated in it. They know what they're saying. They know what they're doing. That's the game. If they know it, then that's how they win. If it was for you to just win, then all right, if that's what you want to think, you know? Yeah. And I mean, this is life. Like this is not, it's not even just music. It's life. It's like educate yourself. Like the, like you don't have to go to school as much like uh, this is going to come across bad, but I feel like these days you can educate yourself outside of school. These days we have the internet, we've got, you know, libraries, you've got books, you've got so many resources at your disposal. So the excuse for not wanting to learn whatever about whatever it is that you're interested in, there's no excuse anymore because you got access to it. So now it's just whether are you lazy or not? Are you motivated? Do you actually want to get what you say you want to get? Or are you just making excuses? Yeah, and a lot of people are just making excuses because a lot of this stuff doesn't take rocket science, you know, and they try to act like, oh, you got to know this, you got to... No, all you got to do is figure out what you're doing. Like, you're not even researching what a good deal could look like, what a bad deal could look like, what you're really worth, what you're really not worth, what really sells. You know, they're not doing none of the research on nothing. All they're doing is trying to stay in the lab making music. It's like, that's just, we're just talking about this part of it, but it happens like that with life. Like we said, you could get a job at Walmart and, be a cashier for 30 years if you choose to not educate yourself and not progress. It's like, don't you want to figure out what the other roles do? Don't you want to figure out what the manager does? Like, how does someone stay at a certain position for so long and not want to go and figure out how to gain access to the next position? It's like some people just don't have it in them. And it's because they don't want to educate themselves. It has nothing to do with is Walmart trying to keep them down. No, they're expecting you to do certain education or certain research. Hey, I've been here two years. Should I not be trying to be a manager? Everyone else is here for three to six months and then they're out. You're evidently doing something different than everyone else that is coming through as the normal turnaround. But these people, it's not, it's not hitting their brain to say, okay, what's happening different? How do I change my position? And that's the, that's the whole purpose of it. You know, a lot of people just don't want to educate themselves on nothing 
whether it's the basic stuff or something as extravagant as being an artist, you know, it's like, it's just all around. It's, it's gotta be in you to want better, you know? And if you don't want better, then, I mean, you're gonna get what they got to offer you. And that's usually not what the big picture was about at all. Sometimes I think it's just, they get comfortable. That it's like, you know, they get tricked into routine. They get tricked into, you know, what's around the corner. So the risk becomes scarier. You know, it's like when it's like dating, like if you've got a partner for a long period of time, being single is scary all of a sudden, because you're like, I've been in a relationship for, for eight years or 10 years, whatever it might be. So then getting out there and starting again is like, can be scary for people, but like, What's scarier is being stuck in a shitty relationship or being stuck in a shitty job. Like, that's what I don't understand is like, you know, the, the thinking is the wrong way around. Like, yeah, it's scary, but like, God damn, you'll make your life better. It, like we weren't supposed to stay in the same job for 30 years. We weren't supposed to stay in the same position for 30 years. You're supposed to challenge yourself. You're supposed to get better. Cause like my biggest fear is like, I look back on my life and I'm, it's wasted opportunity and I did nothing with it. That would be the, that's the biggest fear of mine. Yeah, no. And, and that's a person with ambition and, and determination and courage. All of these words that mean those same things. But like we said, a lot of people don't have those that get up and go, you know, you watch some people do the same thing over and over and over and over and never once, it crosses their mind that, hey, isn't something supposed to change in my life? It's like that part of the world doesn't exist to them. When I get up every day, I'm like, how do I change the factors of what I have today? How do I gain more? How do I change the narrative? How do I create a new wave? You know, how do I keep up with the times? Like, a lot of people are not doing that. They're just getting up and saying, this is what it is. Life sucks. I guess that's how it's supposed to be. And it's like, nah, it's really not supposed to just be like that. You're not supposed to just say, I'm going to settle for this for forever. You know, it's like they, everyone wants a handout and wants something given to them. But it's like, even the people that are going to give you handouts are going to give you something. They're only going to give you as much as they can that doesn't hurt them. So if they are giving you something, when it gets to a point that it could potentially hurt them, then they're not going to give it to you. But if, if you're settling for the mere crumbs from my plate, I can't change that from you to say, hey, you might want to eventually get your own plate. That's not how the people think. They're comfortable with just picking up the crumbs and doing that day in, day in, out. And it's like, some people, that's just that's just how their thought process and their mind is set up. Can we change that? Not necessarily. I talk about this stuff, I educate people, I give people game, I, I try to enlighten people all the time, but it's like, certain people is going in one ear and out the other. And that's just the way of life, you know? And you, but I, I, came to a point where I respect it because I started having to understand that in life there is levels and people have to be on certain levels. 
Otherwise, life wouldn't be normal. You know, what, what would life be if everybody thought like me and said they weren't going to work at Walmart, said they weren't going to work at McDonald's, said they weren't going to work at Kroger's? What would life be? Everybody would be trying to do the same thing and think on the same plateau. But there's no way for that to happen in life to exist the way it does, because how would I be able to go shop at these places? How would I be able to hang with a different mind state of person? How would I be able to relate to the world differently? How could I think to get higher if there was no one higher than me? So that's just the way of life. Yeah, I tend to agree. And, you know, everyone has their place, but I think it's about like, you can have your place for a certain period of time. Like, you know, we all started from the bottom. Like, like I used to work at a, a place called La Prochetta with did was like an Italian restaurant, 10 bucks an hour, cash in hand, like zero tips. Like you start with you start from the bottom, but over time you should be working your way up, even if it's internally within the business. You don't want to be like, you know what I mean? Like you should you don't want to be a waiter forever or you like, I have no, those roles are admirable because you're on your feet and you deal with people and like, God damn, I would never want to go back to doing it. But at the same time, I feel like when people stop themselves from doing the next thing, they're just doing themselves a disservice. It's like a entry level role. You can make a living off it. You can also make a living off going up in your career or doing something else. So I feel like there's a bit of give and take. You don't need to just, like that attitude of like that we need servers. So I'll be a server is like a strange attitude to me. No, that's, that's absolutely right. And it, it, it really should be like some type of organization to it. But I think that the people know that it, it benefits them more to not even say something because it should be someone at a manager's position or, a CEO position or some type of position that should, after a person has been doing a certain thing for a year or two years and you know they should progress, it should be some type of push, some type of elevation for that person. But I think that people just allow people to be comfortable and they, they at the end of the day, they don't really care because whether you're there or not, that's how they're playing it, you know? So it's like, they just let things be what they are. And, you know, it's not really something that we can change about people. It's, it's just the way people are. Like, people will let you do the same thing over and over and be comfortable because even some people, when you try to tell them, like, yo, you should probably change up what you're doing, like, they push back like, nah, I'm okay. I like what I, I like this position. I like this $10 an hour. And it's like, but you know, you could get $12 an hour, you know, you could get $15 an hour and you could be doing something of the same thing. And it's like, nah, I'm okay. I'm cool with this. And it's like, some people just don't have the drive, you know, some people get in something and they really get stagnant and stuck in that position. And, that's just what they are. That's just who they are. You can't really change that about them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it. Well, something I'm sure people ask you because people will go through adversity and people will go through tough times, but like, so what tough times have you gone through? Cause you know, I've read certain things about 
your past and where you're at right now. But I feel like a lot of people will be like, you know what, NPR, like it's easy for you to say because you're successful, you know, you're making your dreams happen and 2020 vision, like, you know, it's hindsight. But what what in your life in terms of what about your journey in terms of the hardships that you've had to get through to where you are right now? Um, there was a lot of different hardships. Um, I mean, I can start back from a kid coming to where I'm at, but there's there's been plenty of things. You know, I, I grew up in uh, Detroit, and that's his own hardship in, in a certain way, um, just making it through that. And then, you know, as you get older, you get into different things. Like when I was like 14, to probably like 17, 18, like I was gambling a lot. So I had to get over gambling at one point. I had to get over uh, just the, the, I was small. So I had to always fight just to be like around, you know, cause it's like people want to pick on you cause you're smaller. So I had to deal with that. Um, then as I got older. So I, can I, I ask with- about the, the gambling? How did, how did that develop as a kid? Like, so what happened there? Uh, started off is just like playing around. We were shooting dice and we would just be shooting dice for like dollars and stuff, you know? And it was just like, it was something fun to do. But then it became an addiction because the love of the money, it was like, yo, I can get money like this. And, you know, when you, when you see something and it kind of changed your life, like I'm a kid and I win like $500 and I'm like, dang, what if I could do this again? And then you get stuck in that mode and now you're doing it. And before I know it, I'm gambling every day. Like, I don't want to do nothing else. I'm like, nah, I'd rather just go gamble. And I realized like, as I went through it and, and I started thinking about it in the aftermath, I'm like, so you telling me I was doing all of that to get the money, but I would never even spend the money because I would go back and regamble it. So I might win a thousand dollars and I would lose a thousand dollars. Then I win five hundred and I lose five hundred. So it was like it was mentally me thinking I was winning, but when I think about what I did with the money, I would always give the money back to someone else or some other person or some other entity because. I continued to gamble. So there was no ever point where it was just like I had the money and then I just was able to do whatever I wanted to do. And then I went back and got some more money and did. No, it's, it's a cycle of a ping pong. It's like you're going and you're winning, but then you may win. And a couple of days later, you're giving the money back because you're coming back in that same environment. And you're not always winning. It doesn't work like that. It, it works wins and losses. So you're going to lose more than you're going to win just naturally because you only get one win. You usually get one win and you get 35 losses. You know what I'm saying? You may lose 35 times before you get that one win again, but that's why it's addictive because you're chasing that same win again. And don't get me wrong. I've won lump sums of money, but at the same token, I've lost lump sums of money. And that's when I had decided like, I just wasn't going to do it no more after I started realizing, like, this isn't making any sense. Like, now that I'm coming back home, I just don't want to involve myself in it because 
it's it's his own world. It's a, it's it's literally an addiction, and it was like I was doing that all the time, and that consisted a lot of what I did. It was like a lifestyle. It was like, yo, y'all want to gamble, and everybody be like, yeah, you know. And it's just you might be gambling with 30, 40 different groups of people, but you're always doing it. So it was it became like a lifestyle, and I was definitely stuck in it. So how did you stop? Uh, when I went to prison, I, when I came home, I said I wasn't going to uh, gamble anymore. Well, I mean, so because I have so many questions like, so you're a team. So when did you go away? Like, what was that period of time? 21 when I went away. And like what, 21, four. And what was that for, if you don't mind me asking? Drugs. Okay. So you, you're gambling, you're obviously on the streets and then you, you go away. What was that like? Obviously you're extremely young. You know, you're, you're looking at, you know, what your life trajectory is at, at that point. What is your mindset and how were you feeling about that? Um, during that time, well, it's, it's a whole story to that. Like, uh, I went to the military, um, at that same in that same area like i went to prison through in the military so i was in the military and i got caught up and i went to prison but even during that time i was still gambling as well so in my mind like i i just always thought that it wasn't gonna happen that way i always thought like i just would never go you know it's like you don't see that as a realistic thing because you're like, nah, I'm not doing nothing to harm nobody or I'm not doing it in that aspect. So I didn't think that that was even route that I was going to go. And it led me to that. And then when I got in there, I had the time to think about a lot of things. So I got to think about whether I was going to be, hey, something. <laughs> I, I was like, uh, dang, I just lost my train of thought. But basically, when I was locked up, I said to myself, it was a lot of things that I was doing that either A, I probably shouldn't have been doing, or B, that I could be doing better stuff with my time than wasting it. And, you know, when you got time to sit back and think about what's going on, Man, I thought about a lot of things that I was doing, you know, and it was just like I was too busy chasing stuff for the world. You know, I was I was into materialistic stuff. I was into women. I was into all of these different things that as I sat there with none of these things, it made me realize that I need them. And once I came to the conclusion that I didn't need all of those things, it made me realize like it's probably time to focus in and get something going because when I went to the military, I was going there to make a career out of it. And I was going there to do the right thing. And I was going there to get away from Detroit and do a better situation than I was living in. And it kind of threw me off because I ended up getting hurt on a jump. And then I ended up getting prescription meds. And then that turned into me giving them out to people. And then it turned into to me from giving them out to people to me, getting in four people and it just turned into snowball into a whole effect of chaotic stuff that I had no vision of 
doing that, it just one thing led to another. And before I knew it, it was like, I'm in a world of trouble. And what am I going to do now? So I think that all, with all of that had been going on, it made me realize, like, what do I want to be known for? You know, I, I, I left my city to do something wonderful, like joining the military and everybody was proud of me and I blew it, you know, and it was like, dang, how do I come back from that? And the only thing that I could think to come back from it was to pick a career and stick to it. And that's where the music came from. And then that's where I took this whole role. And like, I hold it dear to me now because I'm like, I changed the narrative again. And this time I got to hold on to this because it doesn't make sense to start over at this point in my life. Like, I, I just can't see myself starting back to square zero when I've done so much and accomplished so much legitimately, you know? And how long were you away for? Like, what was that period of time? I did. Two years? Yeah. All right. So two years away, I mean, that's a, that's a long time. That's not like, you know, it's not a 30-year stretch, but two years. Like, if, if you think about it, people struggling to be at home for COVID for two years. So, you know, imagine what it would be like in a prison, you know, and the, I mean, you say that you wouldn't want to start again. I don't think anybody wants to start again, but I feel like you could, you know, if shit hit the fan. If I had to, I definitely could. But I feel like you, you, you set things up and put yourself in certain positions so that you don't have to. But if I had to, I'm a hustler. I know that I will be able to restart at time and time and over and over again. But it's a mentality that I'm like, I can do certain things to prevent certain things happening so that I don't have to start over again. But in all actuality, if it happened that I had to, I could definitely do it. I could, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not somebody who's weak body, weak hearted, like I'm a go getter. So if I had to, yeah, I definitely could start all over and I would do it a different way. You know, there's many ways to get to where I'm at today. And honestly, it was a challenge for myself. Like people always ask me, like, who's the competition? What's the motivation? What's the, and I, I don't have a competition. I don't have a motivation besides myself and my kids and my children and my family, like, that's what I get up and do it for. It's not because somebody else is doing better than me. I don't even honestly pay attention to a lot of the other people. I notice things that other people are doing, but me putting too much thought into what they're doing, I don't really have time for it because I barely have time for myself because I'm trying to fend for a family and a career and trying to make it to a certain level in life that you just don't, everybody just don't get here, you know? And it's like, even with everything that I'm doing to have people listening to me musically, to have people following me on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all these things, like, that's not even really where I come from with life. You know, I, I wasn't in that type of world and to learn social media and to do all these things, it's really like, I put myself at a point where it's not too much that I can't really do, you know? Cause I've like when I since I've been home I've built I've built the house that I'm in I've built a building before so I've done 
some hands-on things that is really not a losing standpoint for me. It's just if I had to start over, I definitely could. And I, I, I think it would take me less time to regain a lot of stuff because of what I've learned and the things that I've become to know at this point in my life. Well, I think it just goes full circle to the chat we had at the beginning is that the one thing that you sticks with you is knowledge. So when you learn things, then you can, if shit hits the fan, you still know those things. That's why, you know, all these people go bankrupt and then they make their millions again is because mm. they already figured it out. They know how to do it. It's just finding the way to do it. That's the hard part. But once you already know, then, you know, it's like running. Like if you know a track, you just run that track. You just do it again. It's so simple, but it's like finding your way through or like driving in a new area. You don't really know. So it seems uncertain. You take a left when you should have taken a right. But then when you know, you just go through that road again. Yeah, you just get up and do it. Like that's exactly how it is. It's once you know enough things, it's just you 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 decide on what you want to do then. You know, it's like I think that I would have been okay just being a contractor or a builder, you know, if that's what I would have chose to just stick with. But it was like I seen something further, you know, I, I, I was good at promotion and marketing and I could have just been a promotion and marketing guy for somebody else. And I would have been okay. You know, it's like a lot of the things that I learned, it just was what did I want to do, you know? And the reason I do music is that's what I wanted to do, you know? And the reason why I do music was because of my family. So with those two things coinciding, it's always a good day for me. It's like, okay, am I getting up for my family? I am. Am I getting up and I'm doing something musically? I am. I'm happy. And that's that's the key, that you're happy. One of the things I actually did want to ask you about is obviously you've got probably one of the most unique hairstyles in hip-hop. And I yeah. first noticed it uh, in your Demon music video. Is that where it's mm -hmm. spawned from? Because... You've obviously maintained it. And to be honest, it looks like a lot of effort to maintain. But talk to me about the hair because there's no missing it. Like, I'm sure people, like, they might not even, you know, 100% recognize your face. And then they see the hair and they're like, oh, that's NPR, a thousand percent. Yeah, no, the, the hairstyle derived back in 2018. And in 2018, uh, my hair was a lot shorter. And what happened was the word the goat was going that's when the goat was big it's like everybody wants to be the goat everybody wants to be the goat and i was sitting there thinking like how do i show these people that i really am the goat so i was like that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna put some horns in my head now when i did that a lot of people was like the devil or satanist or all of this stuff and it was like it sparked the interest to people and that's what made me realize like all i have to do is keep doing it and now whether they're doing it and looking at it negative or they're looking at it positive it showed me that i couldn't walk past a person without them seeing me. that's what intrigued me about it i'm i'm a marketing person i'm a promotional person so when i seen that it was like oh this is a no-brainer and then Everybody else would tell me all the time, like, yo, that hairstyle is crazy. You should do that all the time. And it took time because it was like, 
okay, I, I had a little phase probably like 2019 where I wasn't wearing it as much. And then it was like, people would be like, yo, bro, you should, you should wear that every day. Like, because it's a signature. It's like, if somebody sees that, they'd be crazy not to think something or say something to you or to notice you. You, I can't walk nowhere, whether I'm in Walmart, whether I'm in the mall, whether I'm in the airport, no matter where I go, at least two to three times a day, someone's actually going to speak to me because they're like, that hairstyle is crazy. I've never seen it. It's so different. And then you got to think all the impressions that I'm probably getting of people that's not even saying anything to me, they're still looking. Whether they know or not, you can't walk past me and not see me. This just, it's, it's, it's impossible. But if I had my hair the opposite way with it down to the back and just normal, you could possibly miss me. But if I want to be known by the world, what better standpoint than this? I don't think nobody can miss it. If I'm in front of you, if I'm walking past you, if I catch your eye from the mirror side, you, you see me. And that's all that it's about. Did enough people see me and notice who I am? That turns the wheels to who is he? What does he do? A lot of people don't even know what I do. They just are like, you definitely don't do nothing regular. So what do you do? And then that sparks a conversation. It's like, oh, I do music. And then they're like, oh, okay, how can I find you? How can I look you up? And then one thing leads to another and it's like, it's an explosion. I love that. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's clear you don't have a real, like you don't have a regular job. Like I love the people like, I know, I know normal and this is not what I see at a bank. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny because I'm, I'm a funny type of person, so I tell people all the time when they ask, like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I work at Walmart, or I work at McDonald's. They're like, bro, they must come to that McDonald's all the time because there's no way you work there and somebody's not coming back just to see you. Like, you can see the hand that I have to wear. <laughs> yeah. It's like the crazy thing. is like you couldn't – there's only a few things you could do wearing this hairstyle. You know, it's like you do something outside of anything normal. You, you're in the entertainment some way, shape, or form. You know, and I get a lot of people that compare it to like Loki or Hellboy. And it's like that that's like something that around Halloween, it would make sense. But it's like you see me in February, you know I'm not wearing no costume. This is not a costume. It's like this is what I do. And that, that's what gets everybody's attention. And it's, it's, a, it's a conversational piece. And if you can have something that's a conversational piece that's you, I mean, that's why people wear all the jewelry. That's why people wear all these fancy clothes. That's why people drive the car they drive. That's why people live the place they live, to have a conversation piece. I'm a walking conversation piece. How do I lose? And to be fair, I would have to talk to you. Like I'm definitely one of these people. Who I'm like, I got to talk to this guy. I got to figure out what's happening. Like I just got to, yeah. I, cause I met a guy recently who had his eyeballs tattooed and I'm like, I just got to speak to him. I just got to figure out what's his story. An amazing guy. He was a tattoo artist. I forget his name, but like, it's just one of these things. It's like, we're humans are so like interested in something that's a little bit different. Like I, yeah, I would be like, yeah, this guy for sure. I got to talk to. 
<laughs> no, I get that you would be like, they came up and spoke to you, and I'm like, yeah, they they had to speak to me. Like, I don't think I go anywhere that there's a security guard that they don't purposely move differently just to say something to me when I'm about to get patted down or about to check my ID or something. It's like they'll purposely do something and we call it every time like watch they're gonna do something and they always do something to, to have that extra little bit of conversation just to be like yo that's a crazy hairstyle like i've never seen nothing like that you know and that's somebody who they gotta talk to you anyway because they gotta ask you for your id but it's like they come up with some crazy scenarios all the time of why they can have an extra little bit of conversation and i'm like I knew you were going to do it already. So it's just funny to me to watch the different things that they come up with just to have the extra conversation to be like, yo, you killed that. That was a crazy hairstyle. Like I've never seen that, but I don't see anybody with it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when I do see somebody with it, it's because usually they know me or they know something about me and then they'll tag me or some say something about it or it's somebody in the same area and their hairstylist is doing it because they see me at some event or see me somewhere. And it's like, it's just funny to me because I'm like, I know that this is, this is just, it's, it's just crazy. The average person cannot wear this hairstyle. So you only got to select few people that would do it anyway. Yeah. Number one, they can't pull it off. And number two, they never would even try. <laughs> like, exactly. You know what I mean? And do you know what? For anyone who hasn't seen NPR's hair, but like it's got colors through it. It looks like horns. Like legitimately, it looks like the texture of like what ram's horns or, or goat's horns would look like. So if you haven't seen it, Google it. I feel like the the audio version of this, people will be like, what the fuck are they talking about? Go yeah, Google exactly. it. Trust me. <laughs> no, and I would just I would just tell my wife, I was like, I have to uh, get some PR work out there that just says something about the artist with the horns because I know a bunch of people be trying to look me up and they're gotta be looking up like, if you don't know my name, you would type in like the guy with the horns or the artist with the horns, like that has to be out there and I have to have a picture that pops up because I know a bunch of people are trying to figure that out. I'm always in the airport. I'm always at the mall. I'm always in different stores. And I know people are looking and trying to be like, how do I figure out who this person is? Because you know how you see somebody, even if you see an artist that you may know, and you you try to regulate something to them. And it's like, what do you remember about him? If somebody's explaining me, they're going to say, you know, the guy with the horns. You don't know who I'm talking about. You know what we need? We need a fan of yours to start like a tribute page, like a fan page, and it should be called The Guy with the Horns so that if anyone finds it and then he just tags you in all the posts so that if anyone finds it, it's easy to – so that's that's our takeaway message. Someone start The Guy with the Horns fan page because this will really help. It, It will. It will, because people are definitely trying to look it up. I know they are, because I see people all the time trying to figure out. And it's so funny. So many people take pictures of me and, and try to be like <laughs> sneaky. But I mean, you know, I'm already watching it because I know it's going on. 
So it's like I watch people always try to act like they're doing something else or looking on their phone, but I can tell the angle of their phone. I'm like, this is hilarious that people just that some people are scared to say something to you. But then I get a lot of people that'll walk up to me like, I gotta take a picture of you. Like, I need to take this picture. Like, this is crazy. My kids will love it, or my husband will love it, or my wife will love it. Like they people will literally stop me and be like, I have to take this picture like and I'm like cool yeah because I'm already so used to it that I'm like all right go ahead but so many people do it but I watch so many people try to act like they're not doing it and I'm like it's funny because you could have just said let me take a picture do you ever or throw you a pose just- like do you ever throw a pose knowing that they're secretly trying to do it like if it was me I wouldn't be able to help myself I'd throw a pose and so they know <laughs> I got him I got you I see you <laughs> I'm about to start doing it sure when i see somebody and i know oh yeah like they're gonna oh man this guy's crazy oh you get to freak him out because if that's their worst nightmare their worst nightmare is to be caught taking a photo <laughs> so if you throw a pose then you catch them all out and then they have no choice they either don't take the photo or they gotta come talk to you it's like you exactly. force them to do it mm-hmm. no definitely well have you had any artists talk about it like when you obviously when you're collaborating with them what do they think about it you know what are what are artist reactions because obviously fans love it fans love that kind of stuff but what do artists think no it's crazy because most of the artists that i run into and that we talk talk like we're in the same room it's like yo you killed it like most of the artists love it because to them it's like bro that sets you apart from everybody doing anything that you do that it, it it intrigues them because as an artist every artist is trying to separate themselves and look different no matter what it is that they're doing it whether they are doing it with the clothes that they wear the shoes that they wear the car that they drive the jewelry that they wear the way that they look the way that they color their hair like every artist is trying to look different and when they see me they're like yo you you mastered it you you killed it like i have never had an artist that said anything other than positive things about how separated i made myself from every other artist like you're the only one that's gonna look like that and that's that's a big point to me is like everybody that I run into that's artist, they're like, yo, you killed it, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. Even if they didn't want to compliment you, they have to because it's like, that's the artist's goal is to be separate in their own individual entity. And it just, it separates me from everybody. Like, it just separates me. Well, it's game recognizes game. They know, like, you just know it intuitively. Like, okay, like you, you just know, you just know, like, even if, <laughs> even if they don't like you, even if whatever it is, they got to recognize that, you know what, I should have done something like that. Now they got to find the next thing, the, the, the new thing, but exactly. hey man, it's clearly working. No, it's definitely working. It's, it's, it's working overtime because like I said, it, it makes people that a lot of the people probably would never even listen to my music. But they still have to notice who I am. They still have to speak to me. And a lot of people follow me and and will go to my Instagram. They may not go there for the music. 
you know, they're, they're just checking out the lifestyle. Like, how does this guy move around his day-to-day life? And that intrigues so many more people than even the music. It's like, my song that's out now is probably my biggest song that everybody's picking up on. But before that, people was intrigued because of the lifestyle and the hairstyle and everything else. So it's like, when you look at the fans and the following and the different people that I network with, it's not just a musical standpoint. It's like, you can tell that these other people, a lot of these other people are just influencers and, 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 and people in different realms of life that it's like, it's a whole lifestyle that they're into versus it's just the music, you know? Well, what's interesting is I actually had this conversation with one of my friends the other day and he's on YouTube and stuff like that. But we we realized and he said that like when you go big, you don't choose why. You can either lean into it or you can fight it. And there are some people who, you know, they're set on being like, I only want to be famous or I only want to be successful because of my music. And so they won't lean into this and they won't use it as a way of like pushing the career forward. Whereas I feel like you've done the opposite where you're like, oh shit, I found the fire. Now I just, now I know the music needs to jump off on that. Like I'm producing good music, but there's no point. Like you could have just gone, oh, I don't like this. Get rid of the hairstyle and go listen to my music. But instead you're like, nah, lean into it. That's what people find interesting. And they'll find you music as a result of it. Exactly. Exactly. Cause it's, it's the conversational piece It's making everybody intrigued about how does the music even sound if they realize that I do music It's like it was more important to gain the people than to have the perfect song. And it was like, I always knew the perfect song would eventually come. Something's going to catch the wave because every song isn't a hit, you know, and then you got your top hits. Most of your top hits are written by somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, eventually, something's going to pick up. It was just a timing thing. And I feel like because I understood marketing and promotion, it made it a lot easier for me to keep pushing forward because I was always gaining new traction based off of what I knew how to put out there into the world versus if it was just a record, you know, and and that could have made it go up and then back down because some people are not seen past their music. You know, it's like, if you're only known for that song, then that's the only thing people are going to talk to you about. But when it comes to me, it's like, they're liking the lifestyle. They're liking the hairstyle. They're liking the personality. They're liking the conversation. They're liking the music. They're liking my family. Now I got all these different types of people that are watching for different type of things. The longevity is much greater than oh, he just blew up off of a song. It's like, no, nah, the song is giving them the reason that he's a musician, but the lifestyle and the hairstyle and the family and everything else is why we even like the guy, because he's moving like that. I get a lot of people that are like, bro, I know a lot of people that would have never like shown their family or, or been so relationship, like as they're trying to climb up because the industry tries to make it like you're supposed to be for everybody, everybody, anybody supposed to think, the women supposed to think they can just attach to you. It's, it's this demeanor that they put out there that I disregarded all that and was like, nah, they're going to accept me for my family and what I'm coming with and how I'm coming. And to most people, they're like, 
bro, that doesn't, it doesn't work like that, you know, and they're seeing it work with me and they're like, oh, that's crazy because most people would never do it that way. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, multiple avenues of income, multiple avenues of success, that's the key to success is like, have don't just rely on one thing. But you did mention uh, just a slide of like, you know, people writing for you. How do you feel about, you know, because in hip hop, it's like almost a little bit taboo to have, you know, ghost writers, people write lyrics for you, you know, a part of the the skill set of being an artist and being a rapper is coming up with your own bars. But how do you feel about, you know, ghost writers? How do you feel about people in a room collaborating going, you know what, let's write this. And then obviously the artist is the one performing. How do you feel about that dynamic? Um, I understand that it's a business and that part of me, like, I'm not the artist that's like, I'm against it. You know what I'm saying? My career has just been derived on me writing because it's just the way that it was set up. You know, in the beginning, you're, you're only doing music because you're writing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you don't, you don't start off talking about I'm about to be a rapper and somebody's writing your lyrics. That's usually not how it starts off. So you usually start off because it's you doing your own thing. And then I'm seeing as you elevate and you get to certain positions and you get in certain rooms, then that's where the ghost writers and the rest of these people come along because it's like, now everything needs to be polished. Everything needs to sound a certain way. Everything needs to, be a hit you want hit at the head of the hit just you writing your if you're not the best writer in the world you're not going to write a hit at the head at the hit certain things start coming into the picture and i understand that and now i'm at a point where i'm like i get it why it's like that but i'm not the artist that's like no nah, no one could ever write for me or you know what i'm saying it's like that doesn't even make sense because if you talk about the business, there's many different levels. Is it great that you know how to write? That's cool. Is it great that you know how to perform? That's cool. Everybody's not good at everything. It would be like me saying, I'm going to shoot my own video. I'm going to produce my own records. I'm going to engineer my own beats. It's like some people are like that, but I'm not like that. I'm like, Let's get the job done. Let's get the mission accomplished. Let's get the goal across. That's the type of artist I am. I'm not a, oh, it got to be like this. It got to be, nah. If the business makes sense and we can make some money and we can get further together, hey, put me down. Let's work. Well, also, there are some people, like you said, who their skill set is writing, but their skills are not performing. So they exactly. they have a career now because they can write good tracks or they can write good songs. Whereas before they would never have a career because if it's all like I got to do it, then your skill set is never used. It's never needed. But like literally out of the top 10 artists right now, you know, nine of them have people writing for them. It's just exactly. how it is. They, cause, and you know, they don't, you don't have the time. Like when you're coming up, you've got the time to write. You've got the time to do all these things. But then when you've got, you know, media performances, you got to, you know, go to all these shows, you got to, you know, be on social media. You got to, it's different. You're at a different level. You just don't have the time to sit there for two years and just write in a lab. You just don't have that time. So I understand that part is like, 
you know, it's business, like you said. Yeah, it's a whole different ball game once you get into the higher parts of what's going on. It's like no one expects you to have the time to, like, that's just crazy. How would I have the time to be in a studio 24-7, be with my family 24-7, have my personal time, do social media, go places, have a life, like, you're not going to have the time. So you're not going to come out with song as a song and it's not going to be as creative and as the best of what it is. Once the ball gets rolling like that, you got to assume that there's other things that got to come in to help you because you don't have the time, you know, and you don't have the time to be your own photographer, your own cameraman, your own engineer. You don't have the time to be your own security. There's, there's levels and if you respect the levels, you respect the levels. The average consumer don't understand what's really going on, but the people in the business, they get it because they're moving and shaking in the business. All the other stuff is up for debate, but the reality is there's a whole business to it. Well, I think it's the romanticism of like, you know, old school hip hop. Like when you grow up on hip hop, when you're coming up as a kid, like you're like, Oh, these bars are amazing. Like you look at people like Biggie and you're like, and those types of people, and you're literally like, you know, they wrote their own shit. And, but that's a different era of music. Like at that time, that's like, you know, 20 years ago, or it's coming up to close to 30 years ago. It's a different era of music. The things that you had to do back then are not the things you got to do right now to stay successful. So it's like, I, I get like, sometimes I feel like fans just need to just, kind of accept that music is evolving and because it's getting more complicated and there's so much more competition, you got to do what you got to do to stay at the top. Cause otherwise it's just the next person. If it was just the best lyrics, then it's just the person who could come out with the best lyrics, but it's way more than that. Yeah. But I think that they don't even realize that even back then, when you talk about the biggies and the Tupacs and all those type of people, they had writers in there with them too. They would have, two, three people in their, in their sessions, they might be writing some of the lyrics themselves, but they still had writers in there with them on certain occasions just because it just made sense for what the situation was. And it just depended on how busy they were and what all they were doing. Um, I think with today's society, how much stuff an artist is expected to do is a lot different than what an artist was expected to do back then. You didn't have to control social media and your own media and all the rest of the stuff back then. Yeah. And, you know, people like Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre is one of those people who he never wrote his own lyrics, but no one, like, you just, you're just like, that's what it is. Dre is a fantastic producer. He has a fantastic voice. He doesn't have the skill set of being able to write his own shit. That's fine. But he still produces amazing music. So, what would you rather? Would you rather he just doesn't exist as an artist? Or would you rather he exists as an artist in the way that he does right now? I feel like, you know, you got to choose. You can't have it both ways. Like you can't get annoyed at an artist who doesn't write their own stuff if you love their music. That's just how they made it. Yeah, it's all a mind state. It's all a mind state. That's it. Well, man, I do have one more question. It's the only question that I have uh, that I actually plan for the podcast. It's probably going to be the hardest question that I ask you. But if you had to recommend one album 
that everybody should listen to at least once, cannot be your own, can be any genre of music, what would it be? That everybody should listen to at least once. Yeah, to get an appreciation of. Probably. Hmm. It's not really tough because I want to say a couple of different people, but I would say for for what I'm appreciating right now, Nipsey's last album, Victory Lap, like you gotta listen to that album because it'll give you a different type of appreciation to what he brought to the game. Cause a lot of people didn't really pick up on him until a lot of the stuff started happening on on a on a major scale. Like he of course he was who he was, but I don't think the world really understood like what he was about to give them on another level and what he was giving them even then, like all the way up to the legacy. His whole, like I did research and research and understood like way more. And I was a fan and, and understood him while he was here. And it was like, to learn even more about him was like, I don't think that people understood like where he was really at with it. Yeah. And obviously, and you know, you're the first person to mention Nipsey actually on the show is the album that they should listen to. But yeah, obviously he's, you know, passed way too soon and his uh, legacy that he left on music is still being felt today. And so definitely one of the people that people should check out. But man, as I said, appreciate you coming through NPR, Richie Rich cannot miss it the guy with the horns we're coining it right here right now uh did i say corns the guy with the horns uh right here right now um man what's coming for 2022 what do you want to shout out is there anything you want to plug before we finish up uh i just want to shout out god and my family and everybody on my team and just everybody in the world that may be going through something like 2022, we all living in the moment. Like the past gonna be the past, but we still fighting for the future. And the best way I can tell you to do that is to just live in the moment. And that's just what I know that everybody should be 2022 living in the moment. I love that as a message. And, you know, for all of us, you know, we're all hoping that we can get into the next chapter. We said that for 2021, but obviously for 2022, where we really got our fingers crossed, but keep thinking positively. And, you know, this podcast was all about, you know, mindset. If you get yourself in the right mindset, if you believe in yourself and you want to achieve more, you can definitely do that. Yes, sir. Well, man, as I said, appreciate you coming through. And next time, hopefully you can do a tour down in Australia. We can do this uh, face to face. Yeah, we got to do that. We got to do that. Gotta have. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news also don't forget to check out my patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show bye for now